Over the next few weeks, we will be interviewing the authors from the collaborative book, The Grief Experience, Tools for Acceptance, Resilience, and Connection, which is set to release in February of 2024. These authors have each experienced their own unique grief journey and will be sharing their personal stories with us. We will also explore the specific tools they used to cope with their grief and how these tools can benefit others who may be going through similar experiences. Grief is a complex and challenging process, and each person's experience is different. By sharing our stories and tools, we hope to provide support, guidance, and comfort to those navigating their grief journey. Each author has experienced different types of loss and comes from a variety of backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences. As a result, they offer valuable insights and perspectives. We are honored to have them join us on this podcast series and to share their stories and tools with you, our Path 11 podcast listeners. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Path 11 podcast. I am really excited to introduce this guest. I've known this guest, kind of, not personally, but for (laughs) many years. We kind of have been working locally in the same community. I know people that have gone to her that have had amazing readings because she is an intuitive medium, among other things. And believe it or not, this book that, as you guys know, I'm contributing a chapter to The Grief Experience is what's bringing us together to finally meet. So I'm really excited to introduce to you Deb DeSell. She is an intuitive medium, Reiki and energy medicine practitioner, teacher, meditation facilitator, and psychic investigator. Well, I'm going to have to ask her some questions about those. (laughs) And uh, one of her greatest joys is bringing healing messages from loved ones in spirit to those who are seeking connection with them. And her life's purpose is to bring healing, peace, wisdom, and joy to all she has the privilege of working with. And Deb is going to also be a contributing author. So she is writing a chapter in this book that I am as well. And she's going to be offering some tools to help people with their grief. So I'm really excited to sit down with her because this is the first time I've actually had a chance to do this. (laughs) And just also want to let you guys know, too, I am actually recording this podcast out of my Hannah's Healing office. So for those of you who are watching and you're noticing the background looks totally different, that's where I am in Malta, New York. And and I also forgot my really good microphone. So if the sound sounds a little bit different than the quality as we used to, kind of going old school to what we used to use, which are my old earbuds. (laughs) So just want to make mention of that as well. So hi, Deb. So nice to meet you. Hi, it's nice to meet you as well. I'm so excited to be here and so excited about the book. Yeah, I really am too. So how did you get involved in this? And, you know, maybe you can give me a little bit of background on how you and Kelly met or might know each other. And because mm-hmm. clearly she is like our connector, right? She's <laughs> yes. bringing all these people together. Absolutely. Well, Kelly is uh, an amazing human being and a terrific grief counselor. And 
I was through my work looking for someone local that I could refer clients to, to someone that just had an exceptional skill set in that area. And I've heard many wonderful things about Kelly. So I kind of became a bit of a Kelly groupie. And I started referring clients to her and she and I connected and and just really hit it off. And that's how this all kind of came about was through our connection, you know, with, you know, sharing, you know, her wealth of knowledge and um, her experience with my clients has been really important because one of the things that I like to do is give folks resources and I cannot be an expert at everything. And so I am so excited to have someone like Kelly around that I can, you know, tell people about the groups that she has to offer and those types of things. So she's just been a a phenomenal resource because, you know, as a medium, the bulk of what I deal with is, you know, folks that want to connect with loved ones in spirit. And so with that comes grief. And I'm just, She's just been fantastic and a lovely person. So she reached out to me to ask if I would be interested in kind of contributing because my perspective is a bit different than everyone else's that is contributing as well. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be the only medium working on this project. And that's kind of how my relationship with with Kelly came about and how all this came into existence. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's wonderful too that as you're doing mediumship work, you also see a need to be able to give clients resources. And it it doesn't mean that if people necessarily go to a medium that their grief stops there or their grief journey stops there just because they get a message from their loved one or Mm -hmm. have that connection. And I think it helps tremendously, absolutely, the grief process. And it's really nice, I think, to have mediums and grief therapists work together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have that collaboration. So, you know, I know I always really appreciate when you're always sharing stuff that we're doing and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the grief groups, the Cardinal's journey that we're doing and you're all over it. She's like, share, share, share. She's like, share. <laughs> um, so really, really appreciate that. Now, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background. And when did you first discover the skill that you could connect with people in spirit? And uh, how did that come about? Well, my journey is an interesting one. I've been able to kind of sense energy from a very young age and I didn't know what that was. So I didn't know what was energy coming from those in spirit. I didn't know what was just other people's stuff. So it was confusing because with my gift, I'm what's called clear cognizant the majority of the time, which is that clear knowing. So I don't necessarily get you know, pictures in my head or in front of my face. It's not like a I see dead people kind of thing. So it took me many years to kind of sort that out. And I think probably about 20 years ago or so, I started to kind of unpack that. And, you know, throughout the messages would come, but about 20 years ago, they started coming faster and faster. And I knew I needed to do something with it to to really help other people heal. And really, that's an important piece of the mission of the work that I do. My part of my grief journey um, was that in 2017, I lost my dad and my relationship with him could be a bit complicated. He was not always the easiest fellow to get along with, Um, but certainly we had worked out our differences and there was much love. And after he passed, it was like he fast tracked me. You know, I met the people I needed to connect with. I 
you know, um, trained with, with folks all over the world. Um, and just everything kind of came into focus. And I feel like having my intuitive de- abilities developed, um, really helped me with that process of grief, you know, of being able to know that I could connect. Now, for sure, mediums still grieve. You know, everybody thinks, you know, that that maybe there's some magical connection that makes us hurt less. And unfortunately, that's not the reality of it. But developing your gifts and being able to kind of experience the energy and tune in and those kinds of things what a beautiful thing and a beautiful way to process grief. Yeah, I would agree with that too. It's like, you know, before I've had significant deaths in my life too, I had already had this knowing and understanding of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And so that had brought me a lot of comfort. So it wasn't like I experienced a death for the first time. It was like, well, did they, where are they? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of had more of this knowing that, mm-hmm. yes, you know, you know, energy continues to live on. I knew that I would be able to communicate with them, have synchronicities mm-hmm. with them, get signs from them. And mm-hmm. that first layer was just incredibly helpful, you know, to to already have that established within my knowing. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's more of a knowing. It's not a belief. It's not a right. belief. I don't believe right. it. I right. know it, you know. Absolutely. I love that. I love, love, love that, April. You know, it's 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 the knowing. And and that's really just what it is. Yeah. So when when you get your signs, like you said, it's a little bit different. It's not like you're seeing dead people or mm-hmm. maybe even hearing them. So what kind of mediumship is that like? Because I feel like I've talked to quite a few mediums that maybe have, you know, the other type of abilities that will, mm-hmm. you know, hear things or get downloads and, um, mm-hmm. you know, can actually see the person. Like I've been able mm-hmm. to see people during certain energy sessions. Like I can mm-hmm. see what they're wearing, you know, in that third eye type thing. Uh, so what is it what does it mean to have this knowing what type of intuitive ability is that so that's it's called clear cognizance and you know it's a really great thing to have and sometimes i will have you know clairvoyance which is clear seeing or you know different what are called the clairs but most of the time it's just an overwhelming knowing so for example if i'm <clears throat> with someone that has come to see me you know, I might just know that the grandfather has passed and how he passed and, and I feel. So it's the clairsentience as well, the clear feeling that comes through for me. So I may be able to tell you what he looks like, but I don't see it as a visual in my brain. And I think that's why it took me so many years to figure it out because it wasn't like, you know, we have this glamorized Hollywood idea of what a medium is and how it works. And it's just not like that. We're all so different. And there's so many wonderful things to each way a person works. Uh, so there's a lot of layers to it. But it's just, again, that clear knowing, like I get a feeling or, you know, something like that, just that inner knowledge that I can then communicate to the sitter. Yeah. So, you know, mediums very much, you know, in your individual sessions that you have with people, some probably even sometimes family, just kind of mm-hmm. like you're doing family therapy or individual therapy, even though this isn't therapy and and, and I don't right. think you're you hold like a degree, right, as a as a therapist. But you're really going through what a lot of therapists go through with clients who are grieving. I mean, you're hearing mm-hmm. some of their most 
intimate details. You're probably seeing the rawest of the raw emotion. And mm-hmm. so how how does a medium kind of process that with, you know, not being bombarded, but like this is this is what I asked Kelly too. I'm like, wow, Kelly, day in, day out, you're he- hearing stories of grief because that's what she's specializing in. So how do, how do you kind of take care of yourself in that in hearing so many different types of death and so many stories and it's such charged emotion like it's not like you probably like as me as a therapist sometimes will get somebody that's coming in and you know bitching about their wife or their husband they get a little reprieve a little break you know right from trauma work or whatever but when you're like a really intense you know, therapist of doing when I was doing trauma work all the time, it was like, oh, it's really, really heavy work. So, you, you mm-hmm. know, so how do you kind of process that and take care of yourself and kind of clear your own energy from some of the heaviness and stories that you're taking in? Well, I can certainly tell you that I've gotten better about it over time. I think it used to, it could be a bit overwhelming, but the way that I connect kind of with the energy from spirit is to, you know, ask them to, and by them, I mean, you know, those that have passed or spirit guides to kind of protect me from that energy. And I really hesitate to use the word protection because if you're working in the light, I don't feel a big need for it. But what I mean by protect is just help me compartmentalize it, help me detach from it. Because, you know, if I'm in a session and and I can certainly feel that grief, I have a choice. It could either shut me down or I could let my inner empath completely overwhelm me, but then that's not helpful to anybody. So things that I do to kind of disconnect from the energy, I do do some work with crystals. You know, I do make sure that I'm grounded using crystals or getting my feet in the grass, things like that. You know, and sometimes what I'll even do is write out, you know, for my eyes only, a bit of the session and things that happened. And that helps me process it as well. But I just, I really feel like over time, you can get really good at shutting it down and kind of cutting it off. And I know that sounds callous, but certainly it's just a matter of being able to stay in my own energy. And sometimes, frankly, it's hard, but you do the best that you can to kind of stay in a place where you can be the most effective to people out in the world. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like over time when you do this for a while, it's not that you're not sensitive to it, but I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like you learn how to hold your own energy separate from the the person across from you, you know? So it's like, and then I think too, you know, sometimes when you do hear a lot of stories and, you know, it's probably not the first time that you heard, you know, somebody committing suicide or somebody, mm-hmm. you know, having a tragic accident or somebody dying of cancer, you know. So sometimes we can be desensitized a little bit, you know, because we're just being exposed to something over and over again. But also, you know, you do learn. You just get better at it. Like you said, right. you get better at it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. When I was first doing this work in my 20s, I'd be like, crying after sessions and feeling yeah. overwhelmed, having nightmares, you know, I'm like, oh my God, thinking about people after right. sessions, over worrying about them, you know, but then you just, you know, that's, that's part of the learning. Absolutely. So I'd like, I'd like to ask you a question too, and just kind of go back to your father. And I was wondering if you could speak a little more to how sometimes we can have complicated relationships with uh, friends or family members or coworkers in our life. And then when they transition and they shift into the physical. I've experienced this personally that the relationship can sometimes get better 
Mm-hmm. There's more of cooperation. So mm-hmm. why why does that happen? Like you said, your dad fast-tracked you. So clearly, mm-hmm. no matter how complicated your relationship might have been, sounds like he's like now your biggest cheerleader. He's making things happen for you. So hey, how does that happen? How can that shift happen? Well, it's interesting because I think, you know, when when people transition to spirit, transition to what, you know, we know as the afterlife, there's so many shifts and changes. You know, they have that ability to kind of look back and say, oh, maybe that wasn't my finest moment. Um, so when you're going to a place of bliss and, and kind of perfection, it gives you an opportunity to kind of look back, you know, to have those hindsight is 2020 moments. And that's the beauty of, you know, our, our soul's energy continuing on is that we have opportunities to get it right. So, you know, my dad and I had resolved a lot of our issues, but certainly not always the easiest, most gentle fellow. (laughs) And, you know, in spirit, when he's come through for me, either to myself or through other mediums, you know, he still has his, you know, kind of just a little air to him. You know, he's got a little edge to him. But now that he's in spirit, it's not about judgment. It's about love. And you know, right after dad passed too, I took another full-time position working in, you know, what is considered to be a a relatively dangerous place with at-risk youth. And it was interesting because when I took that job, I could feel my dad passed in August and this was in January and I could feel my dad all around me. And one of the things that I sensed with him was now I'm going to protect you And that was important to me because it wasn't like a daddy's little girl kind of relationship. And so, you know, I always used to say to people around me, you know, if my dad was still here, he would not have wanted to allow this because he was concerned about my safety. But in spirit, he it was about loving and protecting and providing. And, you know, he came through with a message once saying, you know, I couldn't be there with you every day. And my energy was different when I was here in the physical world. So now he's with me all the time and every day. So like there's that shift, that change in energy. And it doesn't happen with everyone. You know, I'm not going to say it's all blissful and perfect, you know, and there certainly is some regret sometimes, but it's just wonderful to experience his energy, I guess, the way that I always wanted to hear. and. Mm-hmm. Because of my intuitive abilities being developed, I'm able to have that connection with him, which is really just such a special thing to me. Yeah. So I'm also curious, you know, even though you have these abilities, have you sought out and sat with a medium to get any messages from your dad? Because is it, you know, is it still a little bit different where, yes, Mm -hmm. you can communicate. It might be easier to communicate with other people's, you know, Mm -hmm. loved ones in spirit, but it could be harder when it's your own. Yeah. And, and you know what? That certainly is true. And I have, you know, sat with other mediums that have brought through my dad and, and kind of given me validation of information that he had shared with me. So it's really neat. And, you know, frankly, you bring up a good point that it's really hard for mediums at times to read themselves or to read their, you know, their loved ones in spirit. So yes, mediums do see other mediums sometimes. But yeah, that absolutely brings up a great point. And yes, he did. He did certainly come through with other mediums. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. 
So what are you thinking for your chapter in this book? Because we, you know, we're all approached to kind of share a little bit of our grief story and what tools did we use and how is that able to help us and kind of what tool do we want to put in the book to be able to offer others? So do you want to give me just a little taste of maybe what you're Sure. So in my grief chapter, I think I'm going to start way, way back as a small child. I had a grief experience where a classmate passed. And I remember the moment that, you know, my mom told me that. And then, you know, when I was seven, I lost my maternal grandmother. So kind of throughout my life, you know, there have been, there's been a grief storyline through kind of the entire thing. And I'm really grateful to both my mom and my my dad, who, you know, are both in spirit, that they didn't shield us from that. And that's so important. So sneak peek on the tool. I'm kind of conflicted because I've already started, you know, kind of trying to get through it and and write it and finish it. And, you know, I've I've poured out my entire grief story. And it's much longer than one chapter. (laughs) So I have a feeling I'm going to be spending a lot of time editing. But I think really it's it's going to give a little bit of a narrative of what, you know, how grief and, and things like that and trauma can impact, you know, behavior and moods and all of that on young people into adulthood. But as far as tools, I think... It's going to be about, you know, kind of connecting with loved ones in spirit and spending time in kind of meditation and, you know, wanting to connect with them. And for me, you know, having that intuitive connection, even from a a young age, was just such an important part of my grief experience. And I think... As you had mentioned before, you know, having a concept of the afterlife at a young age was so helpful. And so, although there's grief and deep sadness, there's great love that goes along with that. And so when I, when I share and complete my chapter, I think it's going to be about those quiet, intuitive moments, you know, like meditation and automatic writing and things like that which are really incredible abilities to develop and have. And the most wonderful thing is that there's not a single one of us that isn't born with intuitive abilities, right. you know? It's just as we get older, they, they're shut down or quieted. And so, you know, tuning back into your own energy to connect is such a powerful thing too, because grief is such a time of healing and it's such a time of self-discovery that you can use those intuitive tools to connect with more of who you are. And in doing so, it gives you the tools that you need to connect with loved ones lost. Yeah, I think that's that's a great gift to be able to give to people too, because, you know, Going to a medium like yourself is really wonderful. It does cost money, you know, and sometimes people can't go as often. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like if we could teach them the tool of how to fine tune it and, you know, you may not clearly yourself be as good as, you know, going to a medium. I mean, that's why Mm -hmm. we go to mediums too. It's like you guys have 
the skill and the ability to really translate and communicate and get those messages to us, but to be mm-hmm. able to learn also how to have, you know, what Kelly would also talk about is that continuing bond with our loved one and learning how to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. To call mm-hmm. upon them, to feel them. You know, I, I'll sometimes challenge my mom in like, okay, I want to see how well you're communicating up there. How about <laughs> you show me this sign? Can you do this sign? And I love so- it. And I'll tell you a funny story. And it was it was Valentine's Day this year and I was really missing her. And I was having these flashbacks of how sweet, you know, she was every holiday. My mom would always do like a little something. And for some reason, you know, it's only been three years. But this Valentine's Day, like I felt like a little kid. I was like, oh, you know, if mom was here, she would have probably sent me a card or whatever. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, mom, is there a way that you can still, you know, get me something for Valentine's Day through somebody else? Uh-huh. And I came back to my office. So I work in the office here about two days a week. I don't remember what day Valentine's Day fell on this year. And I had seen a client that I hadn't seen in a really long time, like almost seven years, because I moved away yeah. from the other place where I used to practice. And lo and behold, I come back. It's like two days after, I think, Valentine's Day. And I have something in my mailbox here. <laughs> and it was a Valentine's Day card with Valentine's Day hearts. Oh, and she oh. crocheted me a heart thanking me for our session. And I was like, holy crap, no way. That is so great. Yay, April's mom. Good job. (laughs) I was blown away. And you know, like when that happens, you're like, okay, wait, mom, is that really you? Is this just a coincidence? (laughs) You know, like, wow, you know, you know, I kind of felt like it could be possible that my mom could like I think our, you know, our loved ones can also communicate to us through other people, you know, 100%. or have things like that show up. So I wanted to share that story with you to just see what you had to say about that. That is so amazing and fantastic. And I love that because here's the thing. They get playful with energy and we can kind of play with them as well. You know, there are so many wonderful stories about our loved ones in spirit showing up for us. And it's so interesting to me that you bring up that about your mom, because my mom is coming through to me now saying she's just like me. So my mom is actually talking about your mom because my mom was that way too. Mm -hmm. And I just love that you asked her and she showed up for you. Like how neat and cool is that? I just love that. And you know, having that that playful energy, kind of that time of enjoyment. It's just, oh, it's such a wonderful feeling. And and I just love that for you and for everybody because, you know, I'm a medium and I can help and I can connect. But at the end of the day, I'm just a conduit. I can only give you what they give me. So, you know, when they do those little kind of playful things and it shows up for me as well, It makes me so excited and I'm just so thrilled that that happened. I love, love, love stories like that. And maybe there's another book collaboration coming up where we could share those kinds of things. (laughs) Yeah, I've got plenty. I've, oh yeah, I could tell you a couple more that blew my mind away, you know. And, And I think what's fun is that what I've been doing more this year is instead of waiting to feel the presence of my loved one, Mm -hmm. I'm really interacting with them on Mm -hmm. a daily basis more. You know, and it's not necessarily every day, but, you know, like sometimes I would say, you know, maybe I just wait for that sign or, oh, I saw something. Oh, that reminds me of my grandmother, you know, or Mm -hmm. reminds me of my mom. 
but it was really fun, like in that moment to have that feeling and be like, all right, mom, what, what could you do? Is there any way you could yeah. do this? And, and really being more of like this scientist for myself, you know, I want to collect data. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to push the limits a little bit. Okay. You know, blow me away. Is this even possible? I'm curious if it's possible. And then when you have something like that happen, that's when it starts to become more of this knowing, you know, oh, absolutely. What are the chances of that. So very right. cool. So I want to ask you a little bit more, too, about, I just kind of want to go back to your bio here. What's this investigation that you do? Psychic investigator. So that fascinates me. Tell me more about that. So I actually studied for a year with another very well-known medium from England. And I just kind of, it, it became my passion. And I met a few other people in taking those classes and we've kind of become a bit of a team. And so we meet weekly and, you know, sometimes people will approach us with cases and things like that. For the most part, most of the work that we do is with families and loved ones. And then the information will sometimes then get funneled to law enforcement through them. You know, when I've worked with law enforcement themselves, that's a little bit different. But it just gives me such joy to be able to, you know, provide information and to, you know, help give information that might point them in the right direction. You know, when you do this kind of work, it isn't like, you know, Professor Plum did it in the library with the candlestick. That's not how it works. You know, so often we get, you know, impressions or things maybe that don't make sense to us. But when we pass it along and provide it to, you know, through the filter of either family members or law enforcement and things like that, it makes sense to them. And often maybe the puzzle piece that they need to continue the investigation or to keep it moving in the right direction. Yeah. So I've talked to a couple of mediums who have worked with law enforcement, too. And some people are kind of shocked to hear that law enforcement actually works with you know, medium. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you get that kind of gig? And does it have to be a really open law enforcement or like, you know, station or county or department that really want to seek out, you know, a medium mm-hmm. for cases that they can't solve? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And here's the thing. A lot of the work, too, that mediums do is also for private investigators. And and here's the thing. I think that once you kind of are out there working, Oftentimes for me, it has been, you know, being brought in at the family's request. Now, some law enforcement agencies will be like, not a shot in hell. They also don't like to let the public know that they work with us because, frankly, that opens the doors to a whole lot of stuff you just don't want to deal with. So generally, it's kept very confidential. You know, I can't talk about my work with them to anybody, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of like, okay, you're there and, and doing the work and those kinds of things, but it's very under the radar, you know, and oftentimes you're not always going to get, you know, feedback or resolution because they're not going to come back to you with details, you know, of the case and things like that. Yeah. Have you ever had an experience where maybe you've seen something, whether it's, uh, you know, locally or maybe in another state and you're privy to a new story and, um, Will it naturally, will you ever like tune in or see if you mm-hmm. can get information? And would you ever uh, go to people or send a message, even if you weren't, you know, solicited Invited or asked? In? Yeah. 
Um, well, here's the thing. I have uh, made a choice not to do that, you know, because certainly whenever I do my work, it's one of those things where I need to be asked. You know, I have picked up on, you know, things that are happening in the news and that kind of thing. But frankly, unless you're invited in, you know, or if you call or try to give information or try to insert yourself into the investigation, number one, you're like, hey, please investigate me. And number two, you know, frankly, that that opens the floodgates for everyone and anyone to just call and kind of put their two cents in. You know, I have seen people do that, but it's it, for a very specific reason. You know, it's not you don't just, you know, see a news story and willy nilly kind of insert yourself unless you're invited or asked, you know, and I know for me, that's that's a really hard line that I follow with ethics. And honestly, you know, if you were getting information about, you know, cases in the news all the time and having to pass that along, it's just exhausting and not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that type of work I, f I find is fascinating. And even though it's not really talked about much and it is kind mm -hmm. of more on the down low, I'm just so glad that there are that law enforcement is using people like you. Right. I, I wish it was more open. I wish it felt a little more natural or it was mm -hmm. like, yes, you know, we have a, a medium on on staff here that we consult, mm -hmm. you know, and right. giving the option of families of wanting to use that or not. You know, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's been some really great experiments. I think maybe you might be familiar. I think it's the afterlife experiments with Gary Schwartz when he was doing more testing on psychic mediums and doing like double blind experiments, like really trying to show credibility and mm -hmm. the statistical nature of hits and the probability of that and how well, you know, these people performed. You know, may maybe in like 20 years or so, maybe we'll start seeing that. I think we're moving towards... I absolutely think we're making big progress. Yeah. Big progress in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to also let my audience know a little bit more about how they could work with you and what your offerings are. Because I have one of my Reiki students is actually taking one of your intuitive development classes and she's oh, loving wonderful. it. Wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I do have my website, which is debdesel.com. You can reach me that way. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, debdesel medium, all lowercase, all one word. And you can also email me at debdeselmedium at gmail.com. I do offer private one-to-one uh, -one readings for 30 minutes and one hour. I also do guided meditations and some other things, fun things that are going to be coming out soon with helping folks go on their own journey with their loved one in spirit. So, so many exciting things coming. I also do private at-home events and I love doing that. I do Sunday brunch and it's just a terrific way to kind of interact with folks. I do reach folks nationally and internationally. So don't worry about the time zones. If you reach out, we'll make it work. Uh, but folks can look me up and reach me in any of those ways, April. Great. And would you have an in-person office as well that if people are? Local? I do. I do. And currently I'm seeing clients at a space in Latham on weekends. And that's where I do primarily the bulk of my work. But a lot of it, again, is virtual just because I'm, I'm seeing people, you know, that aren't local as well. So, yeah, I have both of those options available. Great. And Latham, for those of you who don't know, it is in New York. We're New Yorkers. But Latham, New York is very close to Albany Airport. So if you are flying in and if you're looking for things to do and 
you know, now you know that we have a credible medium here on the Path 11 podcast and you want to look Deb up, call her, give her a call, maybe you'll meet her in person. But definitely think you should check out her offerings and her website. And I'm really excited to see what our finished book is going to look like. It's going to have so many great resources. And I just, you know, love the fact that Kelly has brought in a medium, you know, that it's not all clinicians or things like that. And and the thing that I, I think I'm writing on is more about the art that I've been doing after my mm-hmm. mom had passed. Actually, probably my Pat Levin podcast audience doesn't even know that I'm doing this because I haven't, I don't really get a chance to talk that much about other stuff that I'm doing, but I do, guys. I've been uh-huh. doing some intuitive art, kind of in ch- channeled art and using oh, sound healing frequencies behind me. You can see I have my, my crystal bowls and I've really been getting into sound healing, teaching a lot of those classes and infusing that with the art that I'm doing. And programming it in a sense with uh, tuning forks and the bowls and because it really helped my physical body heal. It helped me to release energy of grief that I was holding. You know, that was just like, it was heavy. It was heavy stuff. Mm. So art has now come into my life and I, Kelly wanted me to write a little bit about that technique and I've created a technique called high frequency healing art and have like a whole process of how people can do that. And I'm thinking, oh, teaching people how to do that with their grief um, in classes here at the studio. Oh, I'm so excited. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited to read all the chapters and I feel really lucky that I have, you know, the podcast and I get to meet everybody personally and really (laughs) make that connection. So like the book will have a whole new meaning to me and hopefully to our readers and, you know, listeners who are now getting to meet you guys through the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think it connects people more with the authors of the book, especially when you have a book with so many authors in it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Deb, you are a delight and it's so nice to finally connect with you and see you. And I'm sure we're going to see each other again, you know, with some of the book writing and meetings that we have together. So I'm excited (laughs) about that. And maybe we'll see each other somewhere else too. Wonderful. It was so lovely to meet you. And thanks for having me today. Oh, you're so welcome. And I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to listen. We will put Deb's information in the show notes. You can click there, find her on social media, visit her website, shoot her an email, maybe take a class, get a reading done. And I just hope that you guys heard a little something that you can take home with you today that you've learned that either piques your curiosity or has helped you in some way. So take care, everyone, and we will bring another person to you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.